everybody, and welcome back to No Fate, a Terminator podcast, where we cover just about everything Terminator-related, and right now, we're going through Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, episode by episode, so if this is your first time listening, um, this might not be the episode to jump on, but... We do talk about all of the movies and some of our earlier episodes, which are admittedly a bit rougher um, than, than our uh, Sarah Connor stuff. But uh, we will, of course, revisit the movies again at some point, too. And we have throughout a lot of these conversations. So if you just love listening to stuff about Terminator, then maybe you are in the right place, even if you haven't watched the show. But but actually, go watch the show first, because that'll, that'll make you enjoy it a lot more. Um, but anyway, I'm your host, Michael John Petty. With me is my co-host, Tanner Radwick. Say hi, Tanner. Hello, everybody. And today, well, actually, before we get into the episode we're covering today, um, there's some really cool, exciting podcast news um, out there. Um, as it turns out, there's a podcast out there called Pick Me with TJW, um, and that stands for, uh, I think, Thomas... Thomas is his name, um, but uh, but they're a podcast that reviews other podcasts while talking about things that they love. So they just did this thing called Mega Movie March, where they reviewed a different film franchise each episode, and as they went, they reviewed a podcast that talked about said franchise. So I think they did the MCU, all those Marvel movies first, and then they did Lord of the Rings, and then they did Jurassic Park, and they also did The Terminator. And they talked about Terminator for a while, and Tanner, you and I both listened to the show, so we can talk about what they had to say about the franchise in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, but one of the really cool things is, is they talked about our podcast specifically, on their podcast and kind of reviewed us as a podcast, which when we didn't know they were doing this. So when we got tagged in a tweet online, um, I sent it to you, Tanner, and we both kind of freaked out. I didn't want to listen to it. I was nervous. (laughs) I know. I know. And he didn't want to listen to it. So I had to listen to it. And then I start texting him while I'm listening to it. And then finally he decides to listen to it. Um, but it was really cool. Um, they uh they really liked our show. They talked they were about very how, kind. They were very kind. <laughs> they talked about how in depth we talk about Terminator, like scene by scene. That's that's one of the things the host said, which is really fun. And that's true. We do do that. Um, they they criti- uh, not critiqued. They highlighted our website. They talked about how impressive that was. Um, and then ultimately, the host, Thomas, who it seems like he's listened to a bunch of our old episodes and then some of our most recent episodes. Um, he talked about how we've improved a lot from where we began, and he gave a ranking of 9 out of 10 for our podcast based on information. So based just on the kind of information we provide about Terminator, uh, which was really, really kind. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel Appreciate like that. we probably do know more about Terminator than most people in our lives, but than the average bear. Yeah, the, certainly than the average bear. But I'm sure there's other people out there who know a lot more than we do. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe that isn't true. Maybe I'm selling us short. But it it kind of feels like that sometimes. And then he gave us a seven out of ten based on just the entertainment value of our podcast. So that was very kind. Thank you so much, Thomas. We really appreciate you and your guest co-host Austin really talking about us and talking about Terminator and 
that was really sweet and we really appreciate that um we'll definitely plug your show in our show notes and it was a cool episode um and a cool idea for a podcast too to not only break down the different franchises but then associate it with a podcast Mm -hmm. and i feel super blessed that they chose us and terminator in general like when you think about some of the other ones they picked lord of the rings marvel jurassic park and then to throw terminator in there um not to say terminator isn't a big deal and it certainly had more interest but um you know some of the comparing it to other franchises like i don't think star wars was even mentioned you know sure um so the idea that they picked not only us our podcast but also terminator i just thought that was super cool and i honestly really enjoyed hearing their thoughts on it as well you and i talked to each other so much it was fun to hear what they had to say as well so yeah i would say check out that episode specifically for sure for sure if not all the other ones they do on movies because i bet that those ones are really interesting too um one of the things they said on their show that i thought was really interesting was that they talk about terminator as being a dead franchise and i've never really thought about it that way but i think that they're right when they say that in a sense um i I don't think completely and i think part of that is just because well there's no new movies coming out so it's out of sight out of mind so i don't think it's fully dead like we just had the terminator resistance game come out a couple years ago there's the terminator rpg coming out pretty soon i mean there's other terminator related things in the works there's an anime series i think still in development um so i i don't i wouldn't say it's fully dead but the way that they talked about it as if it were a dead franchise was very interesting and to be fair, it's kind of it, it's been dead in a way several times, I think. Yeah. <laughs> after each movie that comes out, you know, around three and after, it's kind of like, oh, that's what we're ending on, I think. And then we don't hear about it for a long time. And then something happens to where it comes out again. And right now we're in that lull for movies, at least, I think, where we don't know yet. It's kind of a question mark. I have a feeling it's going to come back. Um, on the big screen in one way or another, yep. just with the nature of what it is. Yep. Um, I would hope. So long as it's good, right? Well, so long <laughs> as it's good. That's true. I mean, and that's, and that's something that they talked about too, is that there's like so many different Terminator timelines. And now they said, what did they say? There's three or four, three timelines? Um, four yeah, timelines? they were saying how there's three which there's arguably more if there's three main ones after t2 and then of course and then genesis is kind of its own weird thing yep that redoes that yep um something i thought was interesting is they felt that terminator as a whole would be a lot stronger had they had more uniformity in the timelines as opposed to kind of a pick your story deal right sure after two um there's probably some truth to that. Um, I think had, there had, is. Like, had they stuck to a more, like, maybe stuck with three and then salvation and then yep. moved on to, yep. like, some more future scenes, which we've kind of talked about in our Terminator Salvation review as well. Yeah. That could have been really strong. Um, of I, course, I think some whenever of that you have comes us, down to casting, too. Yeah. When you consider <laughs> Nick Stahl versus Christian Bale, like, had there been consistency in just the characters themselves, I think that would have helped. Well, and even you can throw Edward Furlong in there as well. He wasn't able to make three. So, um, 
Yeah, it's interesting. And of course, if you have a, a franchise that involves time travel, it's inevitable that you're going to have some branching off possibilities, right, for what you can do with the timeline. It's true. It's true. I, I did really appreciate what they said about Terminator 3 also. They said that it was a bit underrated as far as the franchise is concerned. And I obviously, we both agree. Um, we've talked about that at length, but um, I really appreciated that. What I didn't necessarily like is they were like, well, Terminator Salvation is trash. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's good. <laughs> um, I understand they were capitalizing off of Christian Bale's success as Batman in that movie for sure. There's no question. But... Um, but it's still a pretty decent movie, and I I would say it's even a strong follow up to the third movie. Um, but I think we've both talked about that at length too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff they said. They did talk about how they hadn't really watched the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and one of them tried and watched a few episodes and like kind of gave up, which is interesting to me because I do think the first few episodes of the show are super strong. Um, so I, and I've heard to that be fair, multiple times. I, I did the same thing. I don't know if you remember, I did try watching an episode or two before yeah. you gave, uh, all of your stuff to me, like years before you and I met, I had tried a couple and I think I was so turned off at the idea of them not having consistency with three, which is mm. also his argument for yeah, that. That's true. Is at the time it was such a big shock to your system. You're like, why the, the, this isn't what I saw in the last movie. Why, why is this, what are they doing? And I, I had a hard time just accepting that it's much easier to go back and watch it now that we've had so many things branch off from two yeah. at this point, you know, that's true. Um, but that's where he was coming from. And so, yeah, to be fair to him, I, I did the same thing. I watched about an episode and a half and then I never touched it again. And then you gave me the whole series and were like, watch this. And, I did it, and it was great. And now we're doing a podcast because we love it so That's much. right. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. The reason we're doing this podcast is because of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Because had it just been about the movies, like, we would have still had a lot to talk about. There's no question. But I don't know if we would have done a podcast if we weren't going to talk about the show. There's so much to talk about with the show. And especially with how it ends too and possibilities there. You and I were talking about this so much that it just made sense for us to do this together. <laughs> yeah. No. And it's been fun. It's been so fun to rewatch the show. Like we've said before, like you've rewatched it recently, like within the past few years, but I haven't rewatched it in a couple of years. And so going back has been really cool. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't think there's anything else that they talked about on the show that I wanted to touch on, but I just, I, I just wanted to say, like, to Thomas and to Austin and just to that whole podcast, like, thank you guys for for talking about our show and, and just promoting it. And we really appreciate it. And I know one of the jokes that you make online is that um, the reason you promote other podcasts is because you want to be invited on them. And if, hey, if you want to come on and talk Terminator sometime, let us know. We can we can definitely make that happen. Um, but, but really, thank you. And um, I think you've proven our point that we have tried to drill into just about every episode is that there is a resurgence for Terminator. There, there is a, a desire. There's a hunger for this franchise out there that people have. And whether it's, we're seeing more articles written about Terminator, more podcasts, more people talking about it. Um, you know, we've already been in contact with two different podcasts that just had Terminator on the brain 
you know, whether it was the disputed podcast that we uh, were a part of that fight between Sarah Connor and Ripley earlier this year, or, or I guess at the end of last year, or this one, um, there's clearly a need. There's clearly a desire. And sure, we might be the only big Terminator podcast on the market right now, but um, but still, we really appreciate it. So thank you guys. Well, that said, Tanner, I think it's time for us to talk about the next episode of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, We're going to be talking about episode four of season two this week, entitled Allison from Palmdale. Now, uh, this episode has a 7.8 out of 10. And the description reads, Another malfunction causes Cameron to believe that she is actually a human from the future named Allison. Sarah accompanies her pregnant landlady to the hospital, and Allison continues to contemplate Catherine Weaver's job offer. What uh, What were your immediate thoughts? <laughs> well, that's a higher rating than I would give it. Um, I, You and I talked about this a little bit before you and I both remember liking this episode more <laughs> than we did. Yeah. And to be fair, it, it has some cool ideas, but I think overall, if I was going to give it a rating, I'd be at 7.3 is where mine would come in at. That's very specific. Why, uh, yep. why 7.3? <laughs> There's some things in here. Um, they touch on, well, let me get my notes here. One of the, I guess there there is some things that they do really good, and I my favorite parts are the parts with Sarah. Um, I guess my my big issues with it is there's not a lot going on with John, which is fine. Sure. Um, uh, while I like the ideas that they present with Cameron, I don't know that it makes the most sense when you start thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll just jump into it then. Um, yeah, I'd love to. Because I, my wife and I, when we were watching it, she had the same thought. Um, about halfway through the episode when Cameron is like convinced she's Allison and, you know, they're at that halfway house and they call her mom or Allison's mom, actual mom. Um, Hannah kind of thought, okay, so Cameron was a human who was turned into a machine. Is that what we're Which, getting at? And in that context it would make sense. Right, and that's what you would think. That's that and that makes sense that you would think that. And then there's the reveal at the end that no, and I think that's what the writers want. Like I think that's where they're going and trying to get you to go. And mm-hmm. I didn't get that. I don't think originally when I first watched it, but this time I definitely did. And um that just isn't what happens. And so when they have the reveal that Cameron was torturing Allison in the future the whole time, it's really kind of confusing because then Cameron alludes to the fact that she's part of this other faction of machines that doesn't work for Skynet. But then why are you torturing humans? And why are you not, you know, it, it just, I don't know. It just yep. feels weird. Um, it feels inconsistent as far as, as far as the rest of the series goes and as far as the rest of the mythology goes. And I think this is the yes. first time I've felt that way on the show. Yeah. Well, and, and we, this is also the most human 
that we see Cameron. Summer Glau act, right? Yeah. Um, but but what's tricky about it, of course, is when she thinks she's Ashley in this. Allison. She's. I'm sorry, Allison. She's behaving more effective as a human than she was when she was not quote quote like broken right. as a terminator yeah so <laughs> why is that the case yeah <laughs> um if she's supposed to be a machine capable of imitating um you know a human and what just because she's having like memories come back to her but it's not necessarily memories because she's all she was was a terminator who interrogated allison right so it's a it's a really odd episode when you start trying to break it down and think about it too much and i don't know that it works that well um i think maybe ah, it's so hard because maybe the answer is Maybe the answer is that she took Allison's memories and Skynet, or at least that faction of the machines, has some sort of technology that allows you to infiltrate someone's memories. Um, but then why interrogate her at all is the question. So Exactly. I don't know. It, I, it's, very, it's very hard, and I feel like the way that the show was going to go, that they wanted to get there and they wanted to talk about that and they wanted to probably um, explore that further but then it doesn't happen because the show ends and <laughs> they didn't get a third season and so we're left kind of trying to put the pieces back together and I don't know I, it's really hard it's really hard to figure this one out because I'm not really sure where to stand on it mm-hmm. um when the point you brought up earlier as well is this is the first kind of like little hint of maybe there's another faction of machines that are right breaking away from Skynet's goal. Right. However, Cameron is very clearly not a part of that. I don't know. She it, it seems more that she said that as an infiltration tool to try uh, and get Allison to tell her that makes sense. what she needs to know. That makes more sense. Because clearly at the end with the bracelet you know, she's Cameron is saying you wanted me to go in there to die um, because they would have found me out by not having the bracelet. Right. Mm -hmm. And kind of simultaneously uh, current, you know, or I should say pastime Allison. Oh, man, it's so hard to keep it straight. Pat current Cameron getting interviewed by the lady at the halfway house <laughs> is also saying that she'll put John Connor's head on a spike. Right. 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 So she was quite clearly not on the side of the machines that was wanting to maybe help the humans during that time. <laughs> that's true. No, that's true. That just seemed kind of confusing in that moment, I think, at least for me. But that was. Makes, that makes more sense. But I think it maybe does allude to the fact that during that time in the future, there was legitimately also a group of machines that was maybe straying away from Skynet at that time. Right? right. That's why she's bringing that up and hoping that Allison will 
think that that's what she's a part of, right? Yeah. Also, it wouldn't make sense if Cameron were a part of that faction anyway, because that would mean she would have free will already, and we know that she doesn't until, mm-hmm. uh, even when she's reprogrammed by the Resistance and sent back to save John and Sarah the, in the pilot, she still doesn't. Um, right. So that's obviously not where she came from, which which makes sense. Right. Hmm. Well, I guess the other question is, so in that scene where she's being interviewed by the lady at the halfway house, um, and she switches from being Allison to being evil Cameron, kind of, talking about John Connor's head on a stick, is her brain, or is her chip just so damaged that maybe she's focusing in specifically on this interrogation and she's not sure who she is because she looks like both. That's the scary part, right? Is after that conversation, you're not sure how Cameron is going to react the next time she sees John. Right. 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 It's, it's a really, it's not a smooth transition though, either where when we see, um, Cameron start to remember that she's a machine right right because we see we see john come in and like grab her arm and try and make her leave and cameron pushes him and he leaves but she's still really like confused and upset at what she heard but i'm pretty sure from there it just jumps to her being with the psychologist again talking to that person right i think you're right um so we don't really see any kind of like epiphany transitional moment which is odd Mm-hmm. yeah it's super weird and maybe that's intentional maybe that's because they want to keep us on edge maybe it's because they don't want us to know anything but it seems odd like I said earlier I think one of the better parts of the show is Sarah helping I'm sorry pregnant neighbor Casey. lady's name Casey <laughs> I love this part because yeah. we get to see it's you know Sarah is so machine like like we've talked about in this show but being around this other pregnant lady and reflecting on her own pregnancy and her own son we get to see a ton of Sarah's humanity in this episode yeah which is so rare yeah i fully she's agree. relating so much she's relating so much not only because this lady's pregnant with a boy but also because she's in a situation where the father is not really in the picture at the moment. Yep. So she's very sympathetic to that and doing some self-reflecting of her own. And, um, yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's sad with her talking about how she, you know, she retells a story of John being born with in, you know, with Kyle being there. Of course he was not. And she corrects herself later. Which is surprising. It's it's kind of surprising she chooses not to lie. And I think, again, this episode does a very good job, like the rest of the series, in the same episode, mirroring what Sarah and Cameron are going through. Because at the end, in Cameron's conversation with John, when they're driving away and she acknowledges that she's used her last get-out-of-jail-free card... She lies mm-hmm. to John intentionally about where she got the necklace for seemingly no reason. Whereas Sarah mm-hmm. admits to her lie to Casey 
and explains, no, I was by myself. I gave birth in the jungle alone without, without him there. And that's such an interesting, it's so subtle. And I didn't even catch it until we were talking about it right now. It's so yeah. subtle, but it's another way to weave in this, this whole theme that Sarah and Cameron are kind of two halves of the coin. They're kind of the same, but one is human and one is machine. And mm-hmm. there's different choices to be made depending on if you're metal or flesh. And I think that's super interesting. Totally. Totally. And characteristic wise, um, it's much more human like, I would say, to actually lie during that kind of thing. Sure. Like if like you would think the machine would just answer exactly where it got the necklace in a very robotic sense, but instead Cameron chose to lie in that moment. And then we have Sarah correct herself in a lie, which is not characteristic of a human in that sense, because she's then telling the truth for something maybe embarrassing. Right. Also, it's just not characteristic for Sarah. It just it just seems kind of out of nowhere because Sarah is so guarded. Sarah does hold her cards so close to the chest. She doesn't want anyone to know anything about her or her family for risk of whatever, right? Um, that's why she's so weird around Casey's baby daddy, the cop, because he uh, he's a cop and that freaks her out. And she kind of tries to convince Casey, hey, maybe you should do this alone. <laughs> yeah, she really doesn't want to have to weave a web of lies with this <laughs> with this cop, especially when, you know, on on the cop's mind, the father's mind in that sense, you know, he's trying to figure out who this woman is. That's hanging out with his his lady and his soon-to-be child. You are right, too, about John not having much to do in this episode. He really doesn't. I mean, all he does is look for look for Cameron and kind of freak out that <laughs> that Cameron isn't uh, in eyesight. Um, and understandably, because she's a machine who could kill so many people and when you lose track of that, that's a problem. And again, there's this theme of lies. He lies to his mom that everything's okay, which is very characteristic of John in this show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, maybe that's a hard, maybe that's a problem I have with this episode is every episode does such a great job of balancing John, Sarah and Cameron. And I feel like this episode doesn't like, it does a great job balancing Sarah and Cameron, but John is kind of left to the wayside. And and to be fair, maybe that's because Ellison is favorite a little more and I'm okay with that. But, yep. um, but it does seem kind of weird. Cause I, again, I think it's the first episode where John is kind of like tossed aside for the sake of whatever is going on in the main plot. And that's kind of strange coming from the show. I have a note that his boots are really stupid with his jeans tucked into him. <laughs> Hannah said that same thing when we were watching the episode. <laughs> Well, good, because they are super stupid. Oh, that's so funny. She also said to me, um, and I agree with this, she said this actually to me today, and we watched this episode a few days ago, but she said, it's so scary that Cameron lies. It's so scary because Cameron is already a, a machine with no morals, no values, no notions of right and wrong, just does whatever seems right in the moment, whatever seems right in her own eyes. 
And we know this because she lets innocent people die. And we've seen that. And doesn't even care. Walks right past the gunman as he walks into the LA studio and shoots these people. Right? And now Cameron is free to lie. Which Cameron, of course, lied before. But it was because it was part of her programming. Now she can choose. And that's a really scary thing when you think about it. Um, Especially given that we know, now know how damaged her chip actually is that she could have an episode at any moment. And I know we're talking a lot about Cameron specifically, but I'd say this episode is very primarily focused on Cameron. So kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to compare it to in my mind, cause the other Terminator media that kind of plays around with the Terminator lying is T3. Um, right. Arnold's Terminator in that movie, you know, says straight up i lied to katherine brewster and that's kind of like the first little like oh moment for that movie and And then then of course course he lies at the end lies at the end as well comparing the two yeah it's just so different uh arnold's terminator of course is is very much it's less emotional even than summer glau's terminator even though hers is also very awkward and very um very non-human however it's still very girl-like and it's still very um it's still questioning things that arnold's terminator was not on her so you're still getting all kinds of weird stuff yeah it's it's much more human and in that sense much creepier as well um so it's a fun thing for the show to play with as we start to see some interesting little quirks that are happening with Cameron that we haven't seen before in John's protectors. And again, I think there's, you know, Cameron cries in this episode and Sarah doesn't. And I think that's intentional. Yeah. But also Sarah is emotionally vulnerable and Cameron, when she's Cameron again, is not, which I think is also intentional. So it's mm-hmm. it's very uh, it's very interesting again those those juxtapositions between them. The other big plot line in this episode involves Ellison contemplating Weaver's job offer, and we get introduced to his ex-wife, Lila, um, which I think it's the first time we've seen her. Is that right? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm I pretty like sure her too. I like and her I too. like their chemistry in the show. Yeah, and she only comes back one other time, but I think it was a really smart, small addition um, to just I, I don't know, just give him more to do, more to work with, just round out his character a bit more, and and explain that hey, like I'm a guy who's had a real life, and my life is wrecked now, but that doesn't mean I didn't have one. Um. And I think that's really cool. I, I really like how he digs into Weaver and how he uncovers the whole thing about the helicopter apparently failing because of mechanical figure failure. But like we talked about last time, obviously it was a Terminator involved and most likely Weaver herself, the T-1001 who's involved, which is really scary, but that's not something he knows yet. I think it's really smart that they decided to move Ellison away from the FBI this season and place mm-hmm. him at Zero Corp. I think it really gives him, well, A, it just gives him a lot to do in the back half of the season. 
but yep b it um it helps him stay involved with the story and i think that's the thing that would have been really challenging for the writers of this show is keeping ellison involved um as part of the fbi and he'd have to a he'd have to jump through so many hoops to still be involved but b there's no way sarah would trust him at all um or any of them would trust him at all if he were still fbi throughout the whole show and i think that's again a really smart transition away from all that especially because his arc with the case trying to uncover Sarah's origins and her story and see if all this is true and find Cromartie and all that. It's, I mean, it's not fully done because Cromartie isn't caught yet, but all the Sarah stuff is done. And so what else would you even have him do unless he was going to yeah. be hunting other Terminators, which at that point, how do you do that and keep him in the FBI? There's just too much red tape. So it makes a lot of sense. Totally, uh, especially with what they do with him later on when we'll talk about it. But with his biblical convictions and everything else, it makes so much sense for his character. Yeah. And um, it's a great way for us to explore uh, his character a lot more. And it's great that we got some backstory for where he came from as well with mm-hmm. his ex-wife and gives some more explanation for why he is where he is in life right now. We also get introduced to Savannah for the first time, Weaver's daughter, the real Weaver's daughter. Which um, I think is one of the best parts um, of that whole dynamic later on in the show. Yes, absolutely. It's really fun. Yes. It's really good. Yeah, they they really set Savannah up to be a big player when the third season comes around. And unfortunately, the third season doesn't come around. But um, But there's a lot of groundwork with her done in this season that is just really good. Um, really, really good. Um, another thing my wife mentioned when the episode ended, she's like, so where's Derek? He just comes and goes as he pleases. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, a really good point. and yeah, yeah, he kind of does. He, he is, he is super inconsistent as far as when he's around and when he isn't, uh, that's especially <laughs> true as more characters get introduced, but, um, yeah. But just a small little thing. No Derek in this episode. It's a bummer because I, we love Derek. But um, yeah, no Derek here. <laughs> but I think that's about all I had for this episode, Tanner. I, you know, like, like we said at the beginning, it, I remember really liking it when I first watched the series and really liking the idea of it. But watching it again this time was kind of underwhelming. Um, and I think for all the reasons we talked about, and I also think just because there doesn't seem to be any real payoff for it yeah um other than yeah we know cameron's damaged but i feel like we could have done that without introducing allison young at all which again the allison young story all that future stuff super cool super interesting super good i think we could have still done that without uh without cameron thinking she were allison but exactly i i think i think it's so exciting at first when you first see it because it takes it in such a different direction especially cameron's character right sure you first see it and you go, oh my gosh, what is happening? This is super different than what Cameron's been. But then you watch it another time and try and break down what that actually means in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And it just doesn't work as well as you may want it to. Yeah, it's 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 a bummer. I didn't mean, you just think about, could they have done something like this? Like, what would that look like with Arnold's Terminator? 
and <laughs> you 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 can't even you can't even think about it. Like you don't even know. Well, on that note, did you ever see the deleted scene in Terminator 3? Yes. Where, yeah. Yeah. So, for those of you that don't know, in Terminator 3, there was a deleted scene. You can find it on YouTube where they show the U.S. Marine that Arnold is based off. Well, Arnold's Terminator is based off of, right? Right. But it has, like, this horrible, like, southern accent, too. And It's so funny. <laughs> It's so funny and so odd, but picturing, oh man, the T-800 revert back to think about that guy. <laughs> I can't believe they thought about putting that in the movie. It's a horrible scene. It is a horrible scene. It's not, it's so funny for us, but it's, it's not, it's not good. Uh. Like I, I hope they created it just as a silly bonus content. I really hope they weren't considering throwing that in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It it seems like maybe, but we'll uh, we'll try and link that for you guys in the show notes because it's it's worth watching. It's very funny. Um, but I think that's about it, uh, Tanner. I think that's all we got for this week's episode. We will be back sooner than later with the fifth episode um, called "Goodbye to All That," which uh, is about a military school. So that's a uh, Derek's back for that one. That's a whole thing. I love that one. It's this gr- one's gonna. Oh, that that's a great one. Yeah, it's a great episode. But um, but so we're excited to talk about that. And again, well, I uh, should say I remember liking it. Hopefully, I like <laughs> it again this time. <laughs> I know. I am gonna feel like that the whole time we watch the show now. That's right. Um, but again, thank you to all you guys who have listened so far, who have sent us your feedback, who have been supportive of this podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, like we've said before, we just do this for fun. So we could have done this without you, but we're really glad that you're here because it just makes it more fun to talk about this stuff with other people. Um, and I know that there's a couple of, uh, shows out there and people out there that we're thinking about having on our podcast at some point, And that's really exciting and that will happen. Um, but until then we're really excited to be talking about the Sarah Connor Chronicles and going forward on that. So, Um, yeah, until next time. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. I forgot to talk about my Terminator dream. Oh, well, I'm still technically recording, so we can go back. <laughs> All right. Here's... How much time was that, though? No, it's fine. We'll go back. Um, so before we uh, b- but before we close, um, we do have one other thing that we forgot to mention. Well, actually, two things. One, I found this sick Terminator 2 laser disc at a flea market a couple weeks ago, and I just had to brag about it because it's really cool. Um, it's all silvery and it has the cool cover art with Arnold on the motor- motorcycle and all that. That's super sweet. Um, but two, Tanner, you had a Terminator dream you wanted to talk about. I did. It was scary. I uh, I woke up pretty freaked out. <laughs> and yeah, I haven't, I haven't told you about this yet. Um, so this is your first time too. But essentially, 
to break down the parts I remember the most, dreams are always weird, but I was in a school, right? And it gets announced that there's a murderer. Oh, no. Um, yeah, around the school. So we all have to evacuate, right? So uh, my wife, who I did not go to school with, is there, of course. And we are running down this uh, hallway and, like, down some stairs that then lead outside through, like, a glass sliding door for some reason. And we get down to the bottom part. We see the door. Um, and on the outside of the door, we see a figure picking up another man by the throat. Oh, no. And bashing him against the glass repeatedly. That's so scary. Like Michael Myers kill style. Yeah, it was it was bad. So he's like beating this guy against the, the wall, right? The glass wall. And mm-hmm. we're watching it happen. Until eventually he breaks him through the wall, right? And the guy falls down dead. And we see the Terminator. And it was actually just like bare bones Terminator too. Just like no skin, no nothing. So it was really scary looking. (laughs) And uh, for some reason, I can't explain why, but it stepped through the glass and like shut down. It just fell down to the floor and like powered off kind of thing. So it was like down and disabled so in that moment i told claire i go okay we, we just have to play dead right here so when it wakes up it thinks we're dead and <laughs> so we lay down on the ground and then like i open my eyes a little bit to look and i can see the thing powering back on its its eyes turn red again and it starts to get up and it's looking right at us and claire panics and she goes it's not working it's not oh, working no. <laughs> <laughs> so we get up really quick and I'm running through what is now a house. I'm not in a school anymore. I'm in a house. And uh, I'm trying to find a spot to hide my wife, Claire. And uh, eventually I land on like this back nook of this kind of like weird walk-in closet thing. And I, I lay her down in the corner and like put a bunch of stuff on top of her. And then I'm trying to find a spot for where me to hide as this Terminator is like slowly powering back on and can kind of start moving again. And I'm in like this three-story house with all these great hiding places, but in the back of my mind, I go, "This thing is gonna find me no matter where I go." <laughs> I'm so, I always get like, I didn't quite know it, it was won't a dream, quit, but I knew enough that when you're in a dream, you always get found when you hide, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it was bad. I was running around and couldn't find a spot. I woke up breathing super heavy which I was doing in the dream because I was like panicking and breathing really heavy and running around. <laughs> but Damn. that was essentially it. That was, That's my Terminator dream. I was getting hunted and I had to find a hiding place. That's so scary. I woke up breathing super heavy the other night too, but it was not because of a Terminator. So I don't know yep. what it was about, <laughs> but that's really <laughs> scary. <laughs> oh man. It, it was, it was scary. That that uh that sounds like something we could easily have seen in a movie or the show. Like no question. Yeah. That's really funny. Well, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. We thank you for all your support and all your love and just uh keep sending in your thoughts. Keep sending in your thoughts on Terminator, on the podcast, and of course on the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh you can contact us directly on our website, nofatepodcast.com. And you can find us on Twitter at NoFatePod. We are happy to interact with you guys there as well. Um, of course, there's also some Facebook uh, Terminator Facebook groups as well that we're a part of, whether it's Sarah Connor groups, Terminator groups, or the Terminator RPG Facebook group. Um, 
we are on all of it. So give us a shout out there as well. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. And until next week's episode, I'll be back.